battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hey everybody, how you doing? Thanks for tuning back into episode 101 of the Piercing Wizard podcast. Gonna keep it moving along for you. Uh, I had like a stupidly busy day today, Uh, you know... I don't really have days off anymore. I've, I've got plenty of days where I don't pierce. But, you know, as an example, today I woke up early, um, just jumped right onto the, the computer and answering tons of emails for, you know, the, the business and uh, for APP stuff. I'm working on a, an APP project, like a cool mystery project that I'll be able to unveil pretty soon, uh, something uh, with, with conference in mind. Um, had to look for a venue for uh, uh, another seminar coming up uh, this summer. Actually, two seminars coming up this summer that I'm trying to find venues for. Uh, trying to get hotels booked for a UK trip and a New York trip next month. And making sure that everything is set up for my, my venue this weekend for uh, my, my seminar in Los Angeles. And had to order catering and, and all that stuff today. So really hectic, really busy day. Got all my merch and supplies packed for the seminar. So uh, I've still got a bunch of stuff available online. You know, if you want to support the show or buy some cool like piercer pun shirts, uh, you can go to precisionbodyarts.com slash shop. I still have some of those Genshin Violence hoodies. Um, I've got uh, racerback tank tops. I've got a bunch of different kinds of t-shirts and different designs. I've got some knit hats. I've got some uh, some snapback caps. So go ahead and check it out. Buy some stuff so that I don't have to just kind of have it sitting around in boxes at the shop. Uh, as far as Los Angeles goes, um, I'm really looking forward to this one. I, th- I think it's going to be a really good class. I've got uh, between like 25 and 30 people for it, so you know, a really good turnout. Um, some cool piercers that I don't get to see very often. Going to try to get some piercer hangs going on, get some uh, get some good dinner, and you know, just have fun with it on uh, the day after my seminar. Fingers crossed. If it if it works out pretty cool, I'm going to be spending the day at the Body Vision Los Angeles uh, facility. So I, I got an invitation to come and check out their production and um, you know take a look at how uh, all the the gold fancy jewelry is made. The stuff that I'm wearing in my own face and the stuff that I'm I'm selling to a lot of my clients. Uh, it's, a lot of it comes from BVLA. So I'm going to check that place out, uh, get a good tour, and hopefully if uh, if they have time, I'll get an interview with someone that works there hopefully nick martin uh, i think that'll be a, a great podcast interview so everybody can kind of understand the process of, of what goes into gold jewelry manufacturing uh i know i mentioned a project that i'm working on for conference i really just want to kind of put it in the back of everybody's mind that registration is open now so if you're interested in going to the app conference in las vegas uh go to safepiercing.org click on the conference link and, and check out all the classes check out what's available you know especially if you want to take some of those really popular classes you know some of the di- different technique ones and you know some of the rare ones uh, you really want to book those early because the, the seats do uh, sell out you know they, they the rooms fill up we have limits as far as like fire codes go so it, we can't just do the uh, buy a conference pass and show up and take whatever classes you want to do anymore we just have way too many people coming to conference 
So go to safepiercing.org, check it out. I'd love to see everybody there. Um, keep in mind that conference is open to every professional piercer. You know, uh, you, you don't have to be an APP member. You don't have to be the elite. If you're an apprentice, you know, if you're brand new to piercing, if you're a counter person, you know, if you're a, a prospective jeweler, you know, lots of different things uh, going on for people in the industry. And we really want to have as many people there and just sharing information and, and making friends and, and networking. The seminar that I uh, mentioned that I'm looking for a venue, uh, looks like that's going forward. Definitely, it's going to be in Dallas. I'm still working out whether it's going to be Sunday, July 7th, Monday, July 8th, or both. Um, I really liked that Nashville, Tennessee class that I did. You know, rather than renting a venue, I just rented a big house with with plenty of space, couches and stuff, and people could just kind of come, and I, I would do the seminar off of a, a big TV or off of a projector, something like that. So um, I, I think I might, you know, look around on Airbnb or whatever, see if I can find, like, a, a, a good house, you know. Um, I can just stay there and teach the class there, so I don't have to get a venue and a hotel. I think that might work out great. Sunday, July 7th, Monday, July 8th, or potentially both, but uh, stay tuned for more news on that. Um, Amsterdam is still in kind of early phases. I might need to wait a week or two before I really kind of start getting the, the gears turning on that. Uh, I've just got way too much going on with the, the LA seminar and the Boston Tattoo Convention coming up like pretty much right when I get home. Uh, it's, it's, it's too much right now. So I'm going to look into that Amsterdam seminar right after the Boston Tattoo Convention um, before I head to New York. So, you know, squeezing in projects before projects for future projects about projects. My guest this week is going to be Oregon piercer Aaron Solomon. Um, Aaron's a super nice guy. He's he's really the, the first person who gave me the idea of trying to do a seminar around the Portland area, you know, and um, really good conversations with him and really supportive of the, the local industry. Uh, so that's kind of what we talk about. You know, we start talking about Facebook piercer groups and how those turn into local piercer meetup groups, you know, and uh, just kind of strengthening the community and not uh, keeping things adversarial, you know, and not trying to just... Uh, push yourself as like the, the top of the totem pole and everybody else has to kind of listen to what you say, you know, really just moderating a, a community, getting people together, creating friendships, uh, you know, sharing information, things like that. And Oregon has a, a great piercer group. Um, Oregon and the Bay Area piercer group are, are two that people bring up all the time, you know, when they, when they talk about, hey, I'd like to really start a piercer group in my area, just kind of like X, Y, or Z, you know, and, and usually they're bringing up these ones. It's a really good community when I went out there and did the seminar, and you can kind of just get it, you know, everybody kind of clicks with each other there. Um, nobody seemed like they were stuck up or pretentious. Everybody just seemed like they were kind of part of the same team, and that was just really nice to see. Uh, we also talk about a couple other things, and we talk about the, the flip side of that coin, you know, if local piercer groups uh, are kind of managed through Facebook typically, because that's kind of where everybody is. Um, we also talk about the, I'd say like the, the, the kind of generation of body piercers that are choosing to leave Facebook right now. There are quite a few, I don't want to like out anybody if they're kind of like gradually working their way out, but it's come up a lot in the last couple of weeks. Really uh, well-known piercers, really busy piercers. Facebook doesn't have to be the linchpin of your career. You don't have to spend every waking minute on there because if you do, you can burn yourself out just as much as doing 30 piercings in a day without counter staff, you know? Um, being on 24 hours a day can get really frustrating and it can really kind of weaken your real-world friendships and uh, personal connections. So uh, Aaron is one of those body piercers who has decided to kind of switch off from Facebook, you know, maintain an online presence for the business but not really for uh, himself as a person. Um, so we, we kind of talk about that, some of the decisions why. Uh, I, I kind of go off a little bit about how 
you know, I'm getting there too. I, I feel like, you know, I have to kind of change the way that I use social media um, over the next couple months or, or years because really just like, I'm just, I'm on all the time and it's, it's a little frustrating. Customers being able to message you at two in the morning for something they don't even necessarily care about, you know, all that stuff, it, it can get a little bit tough. And we also kind of talk about a, a, a piercer problem that comes up, you know, not every day, but it's coming up, you know, more and more often lately. Now that I'm piercing a lot of little kids, like un, under 10 little kids, I'm starting to notice these little bumps that, that uh, appear pretty regularly on the back of earlobes. So we talk about, okay, you know, you're having this problem too in Oregon. I'm having this problem in New Hampshire. And, you know, Becky Dill, another another person that I talk to about this specific issue all the time, is in California. And then, you know, other piercers all over the place are having the exact same issue. And none of us can really figure out exactly what it is. We all have our theories. Well, maybe it's this, or I try this to minimize that, and maybe this aftercare. But nobody's really got it figured out to the point where it's like, oh, yeah, it's this. Just do this and it's gone. You know, nobody's really figured that out yet. And I think a lot of piercers are frustrated over it. So we talk about that in, in pretty good detail too. But uh, enough about me yammering. Let's just hop into this interview with Aaron Solomon and I'll be back after that. Uh, hi, my name is Aaron Solomon. I uh, own Velvet Elvis Piercing and Velvet Elvis Piercing Gresham in uh, Portland, Oregon and Gresham, Oregon. And you can find us on the web pretty much. Facebook, Instagram, the website's all just Velvet Elvis Piercing, one word. And uh, I, this month is actually my, my 21st year as a professional piercer. Oh, that's awesome. Now your your piercing career can go out drinking. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and to uh, the cannabis shops here locally. <laughs> nice. Uh, so before we kind of get going, where did you come up with the name Velvet Elvis? Because I think that's great. <laughs> it's kind of a goofy story, really. Um, it was the kind of thing when I... Decided I was going to move to Portland a bit over 11 years ago. I just was kind of shopping around my portfolio and looking for somebody else to work. And at the point, I'd you know, been about 10 years into my career. And I had no aspirations, honestly, of like kind of running my own thing. Uh, and I just kind of fell into an opportunity where a friend of a friend was opening a studio. And he said, hey, you know, it looks like you really got your stuff together. Um I don't really want to have to deal with the whole like jewelry supplies, things like that for piercing. Do you want to just pay me rent for your room and you can just kind of do your own thing? I was like, oh, that's great. I never really considered it. But now I have to come up with a name, <laughs> you know, and I just kind of I, I ran through this just writing down every idea that I had. And they either sounded just really sterile and boring or just way too goofy. Not mm -hmm. that Velvet Elvis piercing is very serious, but um at, at the time, which I still do, like when I'm not too lazy, uh, put a little pomade in my hair. So um, it was like, oh, yeah, Elvis, Pompadour, whatever. Um, and I showed it to like friends and colleagues and stuff. And that's kind of the name that everybody kept coming back to. And I actually kind of enjoyed having a name that separates, you know, because so many piercing studios have kind of similar names, whether they're focusing on, you know, the spiritual side or like there's actual like, you know, steel or something like that in the mm -hmm. name, you know what I mean? That's like specifically piercing related. So I kind of liked having, you know, the name be something that was just kind of kind of wacky and far out, I guess, you know, yeah. that hopefully people will remember it. I mean, it's definitely individual. You know, I, I, I remember having the same thought process when I was like, okay, well, I'm going to have my own shop. I need a name. And, uh, you know, 
at the time I was competing with shops that were had like very aggressive names, you know, and uh, I was like, oh, Precision, you know, that that'll be a great, nice, calming name, and that's when I was just, you know, a, a nobody in New Hampshire, so I, I never thought I would have to think about other shops having a similar name but now like there's so many other precisions out there because it's kind of a generic gotcha. term you know and like <laughs> there are a lot of um you know shops that use the word adornment things like that or mm-hmm. diamond and and all, all different stuff like that so it's cool that you have one kind of out of left field that that really stands out that much yeah I, it's kind of fun and definitely um whenever you know because you have all those people that that kind of know you from social media or know you from Instagram or whatever. And people that I've never met all the time at conference, especially they come up and they see the name tag. They're like, Oh, velvet Elvis piercing. Because you know, it's, I, I like to think that it's a name that, that people remember and hopefully clients remember. (laughs) Right. Yeah. No, yeah. It's definitely memorable. Yeah. So, um, you know, being in the, the Portland, Oregon area, you know, I was, I was out there, couple of weeks ago and I, I thought it was awesome and I, although I, I will say the one thing you have a crazy crazy traffic problem in midday it's intense <laughs> it must be really frustrating living it's, after that it is luckily I commute on on off hours because yeah. the studio hours are generally you know like noon to eight noon to nine kind of situation yeah. but it's um the, it's one of these areas I guess like Austin or Nashville and places like that, or even like I hear like Pittsburgh, maybe even that have kind of blown up over the last like 10, 20 years as like, oh, this is like a cool hip place to live. And so the infrastructure has not unfortunately evolved for the increase in population, I feel like. And yeah, a decade ago, I felt like it was not that bad at all. And now, yeah, it gets really frustrating when you're, say, trying to drive somewhere on a Saturday afternoon and it's just gridlock and you're like, why? Why? Right. Yeah. I, I well, yeah. I stopped in at um, uh, Avanti. Am I getting that right? Yeah. Yeah. Avanti. Eric, yeah. So I stopped in at Avanti, mm-hmm. and it was kind of earlier in the day. And then I said, "Oh, you know, I wanna, I wanna pop out, and I wanna check out, you know, a, a, one of the adorns or something." And they were like, "Oh, you better make sure you get out of here and, and get through the city <laughs> by like three o'clock because rush hour starts like so early there that it's just in, intense." Yeah. It. I know for some damn reason. I don't know why because. I mean, um, like metro area, we're a good size city. I think it's something around like two, two and a half million. But Portland proper is something like under eight hundred thousand. I want to say so. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, it we're a major city for sure. But I feel like it does still have that small town feel, but has major city problems as far as like infrastructure and like right. you know homelessness and things like that. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a really cool area anyway, and it's just. It's really just nice to be able to, you know, if you are stuck in rush hour traffic, to just kind of look over and, and see, like, this amazing, you know, mountains and forest off in the distance. It makes it a little bit easier. That's always nice. Yeah, that's always, always nice. It's, yeah, everybody goes, oh, it's a clear day. You can see Mount Hood, you know, and, like, we get so excited. So, so you know, I, I one thing I noticed when I was out there, not not just for the class, you know, like, the classes that, that I, I teach, I try to make it, you know, uh, no shop tension, drama, anything like that. Just make it like a cool, relaxed environment. But like the the Portland area piercers were kind of taking it to another level where everybody like, you know, it wasn't just one of those, I know you work at a shop and cool, maybe we're meeting for the first time. It seemed like everybody knows everybody. Everybody's really cool with people and you don't have that drama where it's like, oh yeah, this shop. It's just like, oh yeah, you know, this person works over at this shop and this person works over at this shop and everybody gets along. And, you know, I, I think... um you know, from the outside looking in, I, I think a good amount of that would have to do with the success of the, the the piercer groups that you have in that area. 
Uh, for sure. One of the things I really, really kind of loved about, you know, just the piercing community and piercing in Portland in general is something that I'd never had anywhere else I'd ever lived where piercers actually are cool with each other, at least the reputable ones, you know? Yeah. Um, because it would kind of be the thing of, um, this is many moons ago when I lived in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee before born this way was there and stuff. And, um, I was working at St. Tattoo at the time. We were on the only studio in the area that that even did internal threaded, much less like any kind of like proper asepsis and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so generally, <laughs> you you would go out to a bar, go out to a show, and you would see somebody that was like heavily tattooed or heavily modified, and you kind of knew they worked at another studio because at that time there weren't a lot of really heavily modified people in town, and you would just get these like you know, the laser eyes from across the bar, like, I know you work somewhere else and fuck you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I moved to Portland, it was a totally different thing that I did kind of end up meeting a couple of piercers. And um, actually, this is when they first put the the new beefed up kind of regulations in, which was like uh, 2012 or so was, I think, like the dry run. It got like finalized 2013. But um we all kind of knew that they were going in. So, and Seth Dietz was, I believe the main organizer and, and just kind of like the Adorn crew at the time said, Hey, let's all get together because they're going to have this public forum that we all need to read over the new regs and rules. And if we have input, at least put it on public record kind of thing. So that was the first time that we all kind of got together and met up as a group. And I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's awesome. There's there's a, a sort of a group in New England. Um, they don't get together very frequently, and I still think that it's a lot of people, you know, on the outside looking in kind of thing, where it's not as communal as I, I think it could be, or or maybe should be. So it's cool to just see that group of people just get together and realize, like, you know, hey, I do this job and you do this job. Let's just talk about this job so that we can do it better. And I, I just think that's awesome. So. What are some yeah. of the what are some of the things that kind of went into the success of that? You know, because I know you're are, you're yeah. kind of a driving force to pulling that community together. Yeah, well, um, like I said originally, kind of Seth was doing it, and we were mostly just kind of focusing on the whole, you know, let's get our ducks in the row and make sure we're kind of a united front for reputable piercers on the the regulation. Mm-hmm. Um, and those first few meetings, they they were, I feel like, definitely productive, um, but a lot of us ended up enjoying it so much. We're like, Hey, let's make this a normal thing. Let's make this a regular thing. And just kind of by default, cause I think I just really enjoyed it. And it's like the, maybe I had the, the time to spare when other people didn't, I started trying to be kind of the driving force between actually organizing them. Um, and kind of like, we'll call it like version one. I feel like we're on version two now of the, the, the Oregon piercer group. But, um, the, the original version, I, kind of was I, I feel like like it's it's shaped out like it was kind of really kind of rough and I've kind of trimmed off the stuff that people thought were boring or you know like kind of maybe why attendance wasn't as much as it should be um when we and for a while I was trying to do like once a month and that's really tough for a lot of people you know mm-hmm. what I mean um and also I didn't want to make because I wasn't I knew like my personal opinion on like sharing really kind of like intimate, like specific technique and things like that. And like hopefully opening up and saying, Oh, I use, you know, this gauge for this, what do you use kind of thing? But I didn't know if anybody else would. So I was trying to make these like 
real generic topics. And it was things like, oh, let's talk about skin prep and let's talk about aftercare. It was these really kind of dry subjects. And, you know, um, it kind of, I, I saw attendance kind of falter. And I think part of it was trying to do it too often as well. Yeah. And um, towards the end of it, and Dustin and I were like kind of the driving forces at the, the end of the first version where uh, we were kind of in this thing where Oregon requires a certain amount of continued ed hours for uh, licensed piercers, mm -hmm. which is a great thing. But, you know, essentially it's like all they had approved. It's like, well, you can kind of you can take an anatomy class at a college or you can attend conference. And that was like the only option. Right. And it's like, well, what if you can't attend conference or whatever, you know, and so. We were like, we do these roundtables anyway, and we feel like it's pretty educational. Let's see if we can kind of get this approved. And in Oregon, you know, there's a lot of, just like any other working with any other government, there's a lot of hoops to jump through, a lot of bureaucracy. And at one point we were trying to like, actually, not really like a mini APP, but like an Oregon professional piercers, just so we could be like a state recognized, like nonprofit, like educational thing. So our meetings could be recognized as continuing ed by the state, but that kind of felt through. It was kind of the situation that everybody is like, ah, oh, cool. Like, you know, it would be cool if you could get this done, but this is really boring shit that I don't really have time for. Right. So, yeah. you know, and so it kind of fell apart and we just kind of stopped having meetings. And then that was probably, I mean, like a good like year or two, we didn't really have any meetings. And essentially what would happen is, you know, since we have so many reputable studios in Portland, so many fun guest piercers would be coming through and I'd try to like, you know, either the studio is hosting them or I would try to like organize a dinner. Let's like all go out to dinner and have fun and all that stuff. And it was a lot of like, I saw catching a lot of what I really kind of missed about the Portland meetup thing. And then gosh, I'm guessing this was at some point, Early last year or late 2017, I believe, is when I kind of started up version version 2.0. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been going pretty good since. <laughs> so trying to kind of find the balance between an educational draw and a communal draw. Yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, like, I, I cannot toot the horn enough of that, like, healthy community bond mm -hmm. between not all, I mean, obviously, like, nationally and internationally, but really local I mean, there's nothing like, oh, crap, I'm out of this color gym. I can literally call up the studio down the street and be like, hey, I got a client looking for this gym and this size. Do you have it? And they say, yeah, we got it. Cool. And, you know, either they say, oh, well, you can come pick it up tomorrow or or we'll just send them over there. We don't yeah. mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's the type of situation, too, where in Oregon um, to do any kind of genital work, you have to have a specialty license. Mm -hmm. um, and then to do the heavier stuff, you, and you have to have a specialty too. So not everybody can do every piercing or even offers every piercing that walks in the studio. Also right. now, cheeks are in the specialty one category. And, you know, it's I won't bore you with Oregon regulation because it's a lot to talk about. That's a whole other podcast. I mean, but, I, um, I find it yeah. fascinating. But, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe listeners, maybe not so much. <laughs> I get it. Uh, but, yeah, um, essentially, so it's a situation where – hey, I don't offer that, go see, you know, Adorn or go see Iris if you're looking for this piece or go see, you know what I mean? It's a robot or ritual or sulfire. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many black hole, like there's so, so, so many just in like Portland Metro, you know, and you got Kellen shop up just across the river in Vancouver and like 
Uh, Austin runs like the the piercing side of, of Hopeless Tattoo up there called Pendulum. So there are so many great uh, piercers. They're just doing awesome for their clients and doing awesome for our industry and themselves. And the area that having that bond and having that now I try to do about like maybe four times a year kind of meet up. Mm-hmm. Um, and those seem to be much more well attended because you're not like, Oh, well, I went last month and I don't, I don't know if I don't feel like it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and also as far as the subjects, I was like, well, screw this all cards on the table. I don't want to be like, we're going to, we're going to pick one piercing and talk about that for an hour. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, we're going to talk everything from like technique to marking to jewelry options and all of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that really seems to have piqued a lot more interest. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, because I, I think a big draw is, uh, okay. Number one, you have the piercers that already feel like they're part of that community. So they, they're probably going to be a lot more interested in, in sharing with the other piercers. But then, you know, there's always going to be those piercers who are maybe newer to the area or newer to the, the career or haven't really had that kind of communal bond. And they really just want to be part of it. They want to introduce themselves. They want to make their impact. They want to share their information. So it's, it's great to have those kinds of draws. You know, I, I think, um, one of the, the bigger things that holds piercers back is that lack of of community sharing. You know, the, the piercers who don't get the chance to go to conference or don't get the chance to go to those piercer meetups or groups or shadow or hang out with other shops or something, those are the ones that are a lot more frustrated and kind of struggling to, to grow. So it's it's awesome that you have an environment where people are that cool with, with sharing because, you know, I'd say in my area, you know, like the Massachusetts, New Hampshire, New England kind of area, there's a handful of piercers where I know like, okay, I can call and see if maybe they have a piece of jewelry or they offer something that I don't or, you know, whatever kind of sharing situation. But most shops, you know, if I called them up and be like, hey, I'm Ryan from Precision, they would just hang up on me, you know? And so it's oh. <laughs> it's cool that you've, uh, you know, kind of nurtured that, that community aspect. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a huge part of it. And you know, go figure, like, friendships start, and we hang out outside the meetups or outside of, like, just piercer events, and um, there's usually a group of us we try to get together, you know, which I'm not going to be able to attend a conference this year, sadly, but um, usually we'll try and meet up and have at least our flights there, if not our flights back together and things like that, you know? That's cool. It is. Yeah, it's really nice, you know, because that way... And, you know, when there's enough of us the past few years, it's like, oh, let's get a limo. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, let's swanky. Portland Piercer show up all baller, right? <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. So what what are some of the subjects that you've done at, uh, at recent meetings? You know, is it focusing on one piercing or is it focusing on one subject? It's uh, so far since we've been back, it seems like people really want to kind of focus on like, let's talk about one piercing kind of thing. Um, like the last one that we had were earlobe piercings. Um, gosh, this was ooh, about a month, less than a month ago. We did that one and uh, we actually hadn't done one in a while. Um, and it was it was really good. You know, definitely. I'm trying to think of like some past ones. Generally, it's, you know, like one it's funny because how I have found to make it kind of more of even more of a like, Hey, you have a say kind of situation is usually what I'll do is I'll say, Hey, we haven't done a meeting in a while in our little private forum and say, 
how does this date sound to everybody? And then, you know, if enough people chime in, cool, we'll make it this date. Um, then I'll say, hey, I'm going to start this little poll and feel free to add your ideas and say, you know, septum piercing, ear piercing, navel piercing, whatever. And people can actually vote on the polls and stuff like that. So that way I feel like at least there's <laughs> I'm kind of listening to the people and not just like picking for them, right. you know? Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't think anybody likes the whole, uh, you know, boss uh, kind of situation, you know? So yeah. I, I know that uh, the the more successful things that I've seen for groups would, would, would definitely be those, like, polls, you know? Like, what does everybody mm -hmm. want to do? What does everybody feel like doing? Because if you just have one person come in and be like, I am the leader of all of you. I will tell you what we will do on our fun day together. It probably yeah. doesn't get as, as good of a result. Yeah, I, I try my absolute best not to be that person, not to let <laughs> my my own like ambitions of keeping the group alive like run away with me at all. Uh, I definitely it always seems to uh, every now and then I'll even kind of touch back because it seems like Sunday's the day that everybody is good with for whatever reason. Um, I'll even kind of have tried to touch back on that subject. Hey, do you guys want to vote on another day of the week just in case? And mm -hmm. You know, a couple of people are like, yes, yes, let's do it. I always, you know, have trouble Sundays for whatever reason. And then, like, the vast majority is still saying Sunday. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I tried, you know. Yeah, well, um, I mean, that's the yeah. vote. So then it's not your fault. It's it's the group. You know, we're just yeah. figuring out what's best for the group. Yeah, and in, in the group, I try and kind of be that, like, try not to let myself talk too much kind of thing. I yeah. try and be, like, that roundtable host. It's like, hey, well... I like this as a minimum gauge on a septum and, you know, this is about the largest I'm maximum at. Um, does anybody else, you know, want to jump in and then it'll kind of start a chain reaction. Everybody kind of starts chatting. And, and then if I, I try to kind of steer in a direction, if we're getting like way off, if we're talking about septums and then all of a sudden like industrial projects and stuff like that are like, I was like, hey, well, you know, let's let's just like kind of guide it back to, uh, do you know, you like to do freehand tube clamp, how do you know? And I'll try my best to do that without being too overbearing, honestly. Yeah, well, I, you know, it's 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 better to be more of a moderator than a dictator. Yeah, I try, yeah. I try. Well, I, so, I'm not known for being a real harsh person. I hope. <laughs> well, I, you know, I don't think a lot of people in Oregon would have that personality trait you know in an area with that much nature and that many dispensaries i think it would be probably difficult to be that yeah. much of a dictator <laughs> yeah uh, so when you had that meeting on earlobe piercings and just out of my own curiosity mm -hmm. did you talk about piercing uh minors there like little kids uh, a little bit yeah we touched on it you know what's everybody's minimum kind of what's your process mm -hmm. that kind of thing and that way we could each kind of talk about and kind of feel out well for me i remember even before we had this meeting way back when I just had for some reason, just a rash of a lot of infants, toddlers, like parents trying to get them pierced for a while. And I posted in the group, I was like, Hey, we don't offer this at my studio. Is there any of you that handle this right now? Because I would love to be able to send them somewhere than just say, well, don't get it done at Claire's. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, and it's the kind of thing where we started kind of a, a little mini thread. It's like, oh, well, this is policy at our studio. This is policy at our studio. We have a little wiggle room. We don't, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, as we talked about that a bit. Um, and it, it's we all seem to kind of be on the same page that it's like, 
Uh, youngest probably around five, six on average, but we make exceptions where we feel comfortable. I don't think that there's, and I might be totally wrong. I know. Yeah. I don't think that there's anybody doing infants and toddlers in the area. If memory serves me properly, but I could be wrong on that. Yeah. I, I feel like we're kind of on the same page with that. I've got my, my comfortable minimum is somewhere around like six ish, you know, but uh, one thing that I, I probably would have asked about at a meeting like that was, mm. uh, and I don't know if you had the same issue, but I, I know that I've been talking about it with Becky Dill a good amount. When I pierce little kids, uh, and not to go off track too much from no, the, you're the Facebook group thing, but um, I noticed that it's not all of them, but you know maybe a solid one or two out of ten will get this little bump on the back of their earlobe in this mm. really specific kind of placement, like leading kind of away from the head but tucked behind the earlobe. And it's just becoming more noticeable to me now where like I'm trying to talk about it in my aftercare speech and it, it comes up, you know, not all the time, but it does come up sometimes with troubleshooting conversations and Becky had yeah. the exact same issue out on the West coast and neither of us can really pinpoint what it is. We started to think like, Oh, is it, is it moisture? Because a lot of mm -hmm. kids tend to take their baths or showers at the end of the day, or mm -hmm. is it something about aftercare where they're touching it or playing with it? But it kind of goes across all these different age groups from like six up to you know, 12 or something. So I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what it's from. And I'm, I'm kind of just asking other piercers if they're yeah. seeing the same problem or what they're doing about it. Yeah. Um, I think like what you touched on, like the moisture subject actually did come up, mm -hmm. um, as far as little kids and earlobes. And, um, what I didn't realize that so many people are doing, and this is just me personally <laughs> is, um, Oh yeah. Well, you know, we find that we're, um, doing trying to do exclusively ball back on mm -hmm. little kids earlobes and specifically like 16 gauge rather than 18 gauge and that seems to be solving a lot of our problems and um even the piercers at my studio which i realized i just ordered like a shitload of like neo-metal <laughs> ball back 16 gauge stuff because i was like hey i did not really realize this is the thing so let's give this a shot and see if it makes a big difference um I think like what you're saying, the whole, you know, they're little kids, so they're going to touch it. Their friends are going to touch it. It's going to inevitably happen. They're probably mm -hmm. going to sleep on it, you know, things like that. So I usually try and, and troubleshoot kind of actually directly with the kid if I can, you yeah. know, when the parents bring the kids in. Mm -hmm. But I do think that a lot of times when I bring up the go to bed with wet hair thing, that's always kind of a... Uh, yes every time when somebody's having that particular issue like you're saying i think maybe it's like one facet but not maybe the whole picture all the time yeah um but that's usually hopefully <laughs> i don't get them back a ton of times i've only really had like one really young client that kind of kind of ha had a reoccurring thing and the parents seemed to think that it was partially like a uh because they stopped doing the whole, like, go to bed with wet hair and would mm -hmm. even, like, kind of blow dry the back of their ears and just make sure it wasn't damp before they went to bed. Right. And it's like, you know, and we're, we tried, like, you know, giving her a little, like, donut pillow to sleep on and stuff. But I really think she's just a really wild sleeper and she's always just going to sleep on them. So they're probably going to get beat up and mm -hmm. hopefully this won't be an issue anymore kind of thing. Yeah. I was like, hey, I hope so. I mean, like, I don't know. It, it, it is really kind of frustrating when you get to that wit's end when it's like, well, I tried this troubleshooting, I tried that troubleshooting, I tried that troubleshooting, I tried that, and none of this is working. 
Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had a I had a client come in the other day, uh, nine year old girl, and you know I I because rem- the piercing's only maybe two months old. I remember having a conversation. Uh, you know dry hair before you go to bed, you know, no touching, try not to sleep on them, snag it, you know, all, all these different things. Like I, I have a much longer aftercare speech for a little kid than I do a teenager or an adult. Right. And, um, I thought, you know, I ticked off all the boxes kind of thing. And then they still had the problem and it was, you know, a pretty significant bump and there was some discharge and all that stuff, you know, but, and it was just like racking my brain, trying to throw every troubleshooting idea I could at it. And it's like, okay, well, this wasn't working, and this wasn't working, and this wasn't working. And it only happens with little kids. And I, it's driving me nuts trying to figure it out. And I know I'm yeah. overthinking it because it's like, you know, okay, maybe I'll only deal with six clients in a year that'll have this issue. But still, you know, yeah. you're not you're not getting the email from a nine-year-old girl. You're getting an email from the mom who's right. freaking out. You know, so it's like, I, I okay, right. I, I understand that. You know, you're looking at this problem and seeing it as as much more than it is. But you know, still, I want to be able to give people a better answer than, well, I don't know, try this. You know, and yeah, and I, I'm kind of at my wits end for for really figuring out the the actual cause of it rather than, you know, throwing throwing darts at the wall and, and seeing what hits a bullseye. You know, it's it's uh, yeah. that that's probably one of my greatest sources of frustration with piercing right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's the kind of thing. It's like if we could only like. <laughs> like clone ourselves and follow around our clients everywhere. Sure, they go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then we would actually maybe know, but I mean, I just, there is a point where like you're saying, it's like that frustration gets really, really high and you're like, Oh God, I got to tell this parent something to fix this problem. Right. But, um, at some point I I've been working on in my older years, kind of it, the whole, like accepting things that you did your best and, maybe you don't have the answer to this question kind of thing. Um, but I always try everything twice first. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, I, I'm actually, I'm extremely curious to get my next Neo metal order to get a bunch of ball back 16 gauge stuff and see if this is a little less of an occurrence. Um, one thing that I actually prefer to do, which I think a lot of studios are doing with younger kids now is if at all possible, do a fairly lengthy consult with kids like say below the age of 10 mm-hmm. the day before the piercing appointment and then do the piercing. And that really gives me like a ton of times to really stress things with the parents, especially the whole, like don't go to bed with wet hair thing and sure. really try and make sure that you figure out some way for your kiddo to sleep without like mashing the crap out of the piercing and things like that. And you know, I'm I'm always up for trying new things because hopefully you can teach old dogs new tricks is the reason why I still, like, you know, attend, like, 10, 11 classes every conference kind of thing. Um, and I'm, like I said, you know, I, I don't know if you use mostly flat back, mostly 18 gauge, but, I mean, I know personally it was just, like, I was stuck on that kind of old schooler mentality of, like, oh, they just want a standard earring, so just give them 18 gauge. And, yeah. like oh, well, flatbacks are generally going to be more comfortable for a lot of kids, and they might not ever come back for a downsize because for whatever reason, I don't know why, but at least my clients, adult clients, seem to come back a lot more often for downsize than uh, younger kid earlobes for whatever reason, my demographic. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, well, at least like maybe something that might be more comfortable for them. Now I'm thinking it's like it made a lot of sense um, just, yeah, because uh, 
I'm trying to remember who brought up. I believe it, like Rachel from Black Hole and I believe Kellen was talking about it a little bit. And they're like, oh, yeah, flatbacks. And then, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, I actually just prefer to like minimum on lobe to be 16. I was like, you know, that makes a lot of sense. So that's the kind of great thing that does get brought up at meetings. That's like, hey, maybe I wasn't necessarily doing something wrong. That's like, oh, God, that's horrible. You're like 20 years behind the times, old man. But um, hey, I can still learn a little something new and kind of tweak that, put that in my kind of daily routine and see if it works well for my studio. And that is a good thing about having all these minds together, just having a, co- a casual conversation, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's great. You, but that that's actually kind of, you know, making me think about it different ways too, because, you know, um, I, I'm doing them with ball backs, but I'm doing them with 18 gauge ball backs. So maybe I'll you. try... 16 gauge ball backs and yeah. how, how long has neo metal been offering a 16 gauge ball back because i know back when they used to have the, yeah. the 16 gauge specific end pieces it was mm-hmm. no problem to get a 16 gauge barbell post but um when did they start doing them for the the universal pins you know i i'm not 100 percent. i know for quite a while um okay. because i remember scrolling through you know i usually do their orders through their excel spreadsheet i remember scrolling through and be like barbell and you know because there's a lot of their excel sheet now so i'm right. scrolling i'm scrolling i'm scrolling i'm looking for like 16 gauge curve barbells and i was like oh these i was like oh no that just says straight barbell oh, i didn't even know they did those and i want to say that was at least two years ago at least a year and a half ago or so that i noticed this yeah so yeah it was like well because i have so much invested in threadless ends that right. i'm like uh, yes i don't want to like crap go back to stocking like a shit ton of 16 gauge threaded on top of that you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah yeah i think maybe I'll, I'll i'll add some of those on to my next order and give that yeah. a whirl and you know at this point i'm willing to try just about anything you know if i have to give people like a wreath of garlic and be like you got to wear this around your neck <laughs> because it's a vampire sneaking into your bedroom and biting your earlobe and you know Whatever works, right. basically. At this right. Point. Yeah. If you yeah, hop on a pogo stick three times, snap yeah. your fingers. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you have to make sure that you never wear a blue shirt while you're healing this. It's obviously right. it's the blue shirt. Right. Right. <laughs> so, getting back into the the Facebook group thing, you know, and sharing the information, um, you're also one of the piercers who's kind of stepping back from Facebook. So, does that make it a little bit more difficult to to get involved with with those groups? Like, do you have interaction without Facebook? Um, yeah, so here's my plan, because <laughs> I'm only a few days into this, by the way, but I just kind of got to the point that I felt like I needed to deactivate my personal Facebook. Right. Um, just because I, a number of reasons I'll get into in a second, but, um, what my plan is, I did the, not the hardcore delete my account, everything's erased, I was never on Facebook thing, you can get in there and essentially what I call doing a soft, uh, deactivation, where you can deactivate it, and it basically, you just kind of from what I can tell, don't show up, don't interact with anything. You know what I mean? It's like, you're no longer there, but hey, when you're ready, you can reactivate it. It's a little bit different. Yeah. What I didn't want to just do is just log out and mm-hmm. have people be like, oh, this asshole never fucking answers my comments anymore or anything yeah, like that. Yeah. Or it's like, this guy never like you know responds to my event invites and uh, all that stuff. What I didn't want, like, hey, I'm still here, but I'm just ignoring the shit out of you kind of situation. Mm-hmm. So oh, you mean I found... what I do with Facebook? <laughs> well, you know, what works for some, right? But um, it's uh, I found out that, yeah, you could deactivate without deleting. And I said, well, you know, I can do this. And one of the first things that came to mind was the group because we yeah. totally organized that through Facebook. And um, it's worked well. 
Um, and I was like, well, I can do this. And then, you know, four times a year when we want to do the meetings and stuff, I will reactivate my account for like a week and mm -hmm. just deal with that, uh, the organization kind of side of it. And, um, you know, and that was one of the first things because I kind of gave everybody like a 24 hour warning. I was like, Hey, by the way, like if you really like keeping in touch with me and you don't have my phone number, this is the only way to get in touch with me. And, you know, here's my email or you can, you know, contact me directly. I'll give you my number kind of situation. And Christina yeah. Schull jumped on there. She goes, Oh no, who's going to do the Oregon piercers? I was like, don't worry. Don't worry. I got that covered. And she was kind of like, Phew. cause like she occasionally, cause she's up in a, I always mispronounce Wenatchee, Washington, which is a, a bit of a pull away, but she's still kind of Pacific Northwest in the area. And she'll try sometimes to attend like, Oh, I have this weekend off. I'll come and see you guys. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yep. And so she was like, well, I'm really glad that you're still going to be able to do it. I was like, yeah, it's okay. I just felt like um, a big, big part of it that I'm realizing now that I'm off of it is, man, what a fucking time waster. Yeah. Um, I feel like yesterday was my first shift, like working, because I, um, I still pierce full time. You know, I work piercing shifts and stuff. And well, full time, I work four shifts a week. But anyway, um, it was my first shift working with no Facebook, no personal Facebook. And man, I felt so much more productive. I got like all this filing done that I'd been putting off for like a month. Yeah. And like, just like ridiculous amounts of stuff. And it was a day that like, you know, it, it made it seem like a slow day, even though it wasn't a super busy day, but, um, it was the kind of day that if I was filling my time with nothing but this, you know, being on my phone and scrolling through and laughing at memes and commenting on people's shit and stuff like that and being checking on the bazillion piercer groups that there are on Facebook that I'm a member of, um, I wouldn't have time to, I mean, really, it just seemed like I just had oodles of free time. I could get this done. I could get that done. I realized, man, I was wasting a lot of fucking time on that app. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and part of it, honestly, too, is just like people... And not everybody like I have really great friends that are like my also my Facebook friends that are like the sweetest people you'll ever know. But man, some people are just like fucking venomous behind the keyboard. You know what right. I mean? Right. And it just kind of made me sad. It, it's totally reminded me of like, you know, like towards the end of the green mile where it's like, I'm just tired of people being ugly boss. You know, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I can't deal with this anymore. Like, why, why, why? Yeah. Um, and, you know, whether it, it's politics or it's, like, vague booking, like, secondhand shit-talking or people just, like, being really kind of just looking for any reason to push somebody down because they think it pops them up, I guess, mm -hmm. in social standing. And not just piercing community. This is, like, you know, things that I see because I've lived a lot of places and, you know, I've connected with a lot of people over the years and it's... Actually, last year went through and deleted. I forget. I deleted every client that I'd ever added, and like people that I'd never met in person, and people that I had no chance of ever networking with or anything. And it was still like a thousand plus people. Right. I'm like, holy shit, do I actually fucking know this many people? What the fuck? Yeah. Um. And and you know, and some of these people aren't going to be your tight homies, and even sometimes your tight homies will be like, really, really think that, you know? But it's like they're still your friends. Mm -hmm. But. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's that kind of thing where I just, for kind of mental health and relaxation reasons and definitely in productivity reasons, 
it's only been a few days, but I'll tell you, I can't sing the praises enough. <laughs> Man, you know, it's it's, yeah. it's tempting, you know, you're, you're definitely not the first person that I've talked to just even in the last like month, you know, it's got to be at least four or five different piercers that I know who have either, you know, completely removed themselves from Facebook or have like significantly reduced Facebook's, uh, you know, percentage of their time, you know, and. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them seem the better for it. You know, I, I think I've kind of shot myself in the foot with the way I've used Facebook where I haven't, I haven't really been able to compartmentalize, you know, everything is just kind of mixed into this mishmash of like, a, a, there's a, you know, I've got a, a couple of family members on there and I've got a, a couple of, you know, long distance friends on there and I've got a shitload of clients on there and colleagues mm. on there. And, you know, I'm keeping, I'm keeping tabs on all these different you know, piercer Facebook groups from around yeah. the world and different conferences. And I'm just, I, it's so intertwined with my life that I don't even know where to start trying to excise it a little bit, but I, I know that it's not sustainable. I know that I don't want to live my life on the internet mm-hmm. as much because when I get home and I take my shoes off and I sit down on the couch, uh, I can't just sit there and relax and just, you know, read a book or cook a meal or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like, con- it's this constant got to check my phone or oh, I noticed that notification light dinging on my phone, you know, and it's, 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 it's an addiction for real. It's an addiction. It, it really is. And that's why I realized is that me and my lovely lady life partner would be, you know, we both get home from work, we have dinner and we, then we would turn on the TV and sit across. So we have two couches that face each other and the TV kind of like at the end and we would turn on the TV and we'd both start watching something. And then I'd, I'd get a little ding and like, oh, something on this group happened. I need to read this immediately. You know what I mean? And then, and I realized that it's like I completely missed the show we're trying to watch. I look up and she's doing the same damn thing. Yeah. You know, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or whatever, I'm like, oh man, we should probably change this. I don't know if this is healthy. You know what I mean? Um, and, and like you're saying, it's, it is such a useful and free tool to do like so, so, so much with. Mm-hmm. that it's hard not to be as involved. Everything that you just described is stuff that I was really battling with when I was like, oh, I, I, I want to get rid of this, but can I get rid of this? And so, like I said, I'm not even a full weekend, so don't, like, mark my words, watch. It's like, by the time this <laughs> this podcast comes out, it's like, oh, Aaron's back on Facebook. But no, yeah. um, the only thing that I'm struggling to figure out at the moment um, is how to do the admin thing on I have two separate business pages one for each location and luckily the two piercers my two employees are admins as well so I was like hey guys until I get this figured out I'll keep like handling the email and I'll keep handling the Instagram but could you guys handle these Facebook these Facebook business pages, which, which honestly, I feel like we don't like get like a shit ton of traction off of anyway, anymore. Cause it's even when you pay to play, I feel like you don't get a lot. I don't know if that's how you feel, but, um, well, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, we still do get messages and things like that. I don't want, you know, of course being a business owner, it's like, Oh God, we didn't respond to this message in 15 minutes or whatever. And, oh, you know, I, I yeah. don't expect to, you know, then that's like, we're talking like, not dealing with like after business hours kind of thing, only if you have the time and you're bored and you feel like it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it's that kind of thing where somebody messages you during your business hours. I do have that driving urge to just respond, complete answer to their question as quickly as possible kind of thing. 
And so that's that's been a little hard, but I don't think, like I said, that it's as big of a problem as, say, if for some reason I also had to log off of the Instagram, which I feel like is the social media that gets us a lot more clients. Yeah. Well, you know, when it comes to, like, the Facebook business page, that's a whole other that's a whole other can of worms. Like, you know, oh, yeah. I, I noticed that, you know, I, I go to my I go to my Precision Facebook page sometimes and it's like, you know, would you like to maintain your 100% response rating? And it's like, okay, <laughs> the only reason I have that is because I have it set on an auto reply and the auto reply answers any question with just, thanks for getting in touch with us. Please call the shop or go to the website. You know, like, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to be on Facebook I don't want to train my clients that it's okay to to message me at two in the morning and be like, how much for this thing that I'm never going to get? And yeah. it's like, oh my God, we have business hours. Like what, yeah. when was this major shift? You know, if you look at it from the nineties or even the early two thousands, it's like, okay, you had your business hours of 12 to eight or whatever. And then maybe emails. And other than that, you had your personal time, you know, and now it's yeah. like, there is no personal time because of Facebook and Instagram and push notifications and all this stuff. And it's, it's tough. You know, I'm sure there are some mm-hmm. piercers that are younger in their careers where they're hungry and they want to they want to have every interaction they can and they want to grow that client base. But I think once you get to that point where you're kind of at a comfortable plateau where you're like, all right, this is my business model. This is my comfortable flow and mm-hmm. interaction. Like, I, I don't want to have those kinds of contacts with clients. Like, it's like, okay, at 8.05... I'm at home and I would really like to just be at home until I work again tomorrow yeah. or when I choose to. I don't want to be on call 24 hours a day. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that That is something that I battled with at first when that really kind of first became a thing. It doesn't seem like people would do that as much until just these last few recent years that apparently everything is just 24-7 for yeah. everybody, which is insane to me. But um yeah, actually, and it's the same thing. Actually, we have a lot of people um, message the the Yelp page kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, I've definitely had, you know, people where they'll message in, in the middle of the fucking night. You know, everybody but you is asleep except for maybe people who work graveyard shift. And then if you're not responding within, you know, let's just say half an hour, hour, they're like, I just really like an answer to this question or some people are not that nice. Um, right. And it's like, come on, come on, give me, give me just a second. Like at least let me wake up and have a cup of coffee or something. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if yeah. it was something like, you know, Hey, I'm having a problem. Hey, this is bleeding yeah. or this is swollen or this hurts or whatever. It's like, sure. I, I get that. That's the kind of thing where I, yeah, I get that it's yeah. a 24 hour job if it's a health and safety concern, but if it's just like a, I am too lazy to call tomorrow or go to your, your website and read the frequently asked questions. If it's just like, you know, and I don't want to say it's like a kids these days kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I'd I'd say that there are plenty of people that are super addicted to their technology at any age. Yeah. But I I do think that, you know, every year that passes, um, you erode your, your personal time a little bit more through your technology. And, you know, I would like to find a way to at least slow it down or halt it, you know, if I can't actually reverse it. Yeah, it's uh, it is, I believe, like you're saying, kind of a societal thing now, just because, it, and it's a pretty pretty amazing time to be alive, you know, from somebody who was born in the late '70s, having essentially what's access to the entire world in my pocket, and the right. entire, really, if you look and dig far enough, kind of the entire repository of human knowledge, kind of on you at all times, and so I think a lot of people, I mean. 
you have like not only do you have like Grubhub and Uber Eats and stuff like that now, but you have like Postmates where they're like, "Hey, will you go?" Like, I'm really craving cornflakes, but I'm too fucking lazy to stop binge watching <laughs> whatever show. And somebody will go to the fucking store for you and get you like a pack of cigarettes and a box of fucking cornflakes if that's what you want. And and you know, and I feel like it's that kind of full service mentality that people try and put on like any business now yeah you know what i mean yeah and, the convenience yeah. aspect of it yeah yeah um definitely it's it is the thing where it's a little tough and like you're saying if for some reason i got an email i'm still awake and i look it's like oh my god my piercing's bleeding profusely what do i do and then I go, mm-hmm. oh crap you know i need to answer this person but it's like hey how much is this piercing Hey, I saw that you post this uh, piece of jewelry on your Instagram like a month ago. How much is this? You know what I mean? Yeah. Shit like that. So it's like that. I don't feel a burning urge anymore to like I need to respond to that immediately mm-hmm. because I was always that like that kind of I don't know. I, I kind of learned a lot as I did as a business owner. Like I never really like took business classes and stuff like that other than like stuff that's offered at conference or at camp and stuff has been like really kind of educational and lightning by learned a lot as doing so i don't think that i ever had that like you know like a like a business mentor that said like hey you don't have to do this you don't have sure. to be everything to everyone 24 hours a day kind i mean of thing. There, are, there are very few other industries or businesses that oh, yeah. operate like that like think of anything that you want or you do you know like if you yeah. want to buy if you want to buy a phone to obsess about you know like you can't you can't message the people at the Verizon store at three in the morning and be like, oh, mm. how much is a Galaxy S50 or whatever they're up to now, you know, yeah. um, because they have business hours, you know. So now what I'm and I'm trying to get into the habit of is um, if someone catches me and like sends me a, a thing that I open really late and they're not asking a crucial question, I'll just reply back with, you know, please give the studio a call during these business hours or please email my business email account and I'll get back to you when I'm on business hours, you know, mm-hmm. I... I you know, I, I try to not necessarily train clients, but I don't want to encourage them that it's okay to send me messages every hour of the day or night. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little tough for sure. You know, and uh, and that's the thing too. It's, it's kind of like um, a few years ago when I just kind of finally, finally accepted like every single person who walks through the door might not be your client kind of thing because – they're used to the two for 25 place or, yeah, you know, or, or maybe they just, they're just not there. They might not jive with you or your studio or, you know, it's most of the time it's like usually a kind of financial thing. Either they think you overcharge or they can't afford it. And some of those people do come back. Some people you never see again, but I, it used to kind of crush me. It's like, Oh, a person's walking in the studio. I'm not making a sale. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, and it's it's not like I'm like super obsessed with like money or anything, but I do want my business to be successful. And now, like you know, that for the last few years, I've had a pretty stable uh, staff. I really want to make sure they're taken care of, which goes back to the business being successful. And you know, so it's. Uh, but you have to accept it's like that person that's emailing at one thirty in the morning asking for a price on a nipple piercing guess what? There's maybe a 10% chance you, this person will ever spend money with you. So yeah, it's like, screw yeah. it. You know what I mean? Screw yeah. it. Well, you know, uh, talking about, you know, Amazon on your phone and, yeah. uh, you know, I had to, 
I had to remove the Amazon app from my phone because oh. <laughs> it was just it's it's one of those you know that's the consumer version of the the convenience where you can oh, get yeah. anything you want at any time of day and then you know you get something that shows up two days later and you're like how bored was I at two in the morning the other day and order this thing and it's the same thing for piercing like I think a yeah. lot of times when people reach out it's because maybe they were bored and they were on Instagram and they saw something cute and they're like oh you know. I'll find out how much that, and then bam, you know, they can send a message to you right away that gets pushed to your phone right away, but they don't actually care about getting that piercing, you know, and just like you said, if they're not your type of client or you're not their type of piercer, you know, if you come back and say something like, well, you know, I can't actually just give you a price, you know, it's a conversation, you need to see the display, and I need to see your anatomy, and this, and And then they just kind of trail off, and it's like, meh, whatever, you're not for me anyway, so it's like, you have this double wasted time effect kind of a thing, where it's, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily healthy or productive. Yeah, absolutely, Um, and it's kind of just like phone calls to the studio, um, where, you know, 99% of the time, somebody says, oh, I need to speak to a piercer, and I get past the phone, Hey, how much is a nose piercing? You know what yeah. I mean? It's right. And some of those people, like I said, you actually do see or, you know, how I've tried to respond now to people who kind of <gasps> clutch their pearls at a price when, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and I say, hey, well, you know, if you have a couple of minutes, uh, I'm happy to let you know what goes into our whole process and the jewelry that we sell and things like that and how we're different from from discount studios. Sure. You know what I mean? I said, you know, and I always try and explain like like anything else in life, whether it's a set of tires or a haircut or a handbag, there's going to be a cheap version. There's going to be an expensive version. And, you know, or or I usually don't use the word expensive. I try not to use the word expensive when I'm talking to a client. But, you know, there's I say, you know, there's like a premium version and then there's the economy version or something like that. And yeah, and it. And then I'll kind of explain like what makes our studio different. And some of those people I'm never going to see again, but the ones that actually listen to what you have to say, at least have that planned in their head. So if they go to a, you know, a less than reputable studio, something happens then Oh, Hey, I remember you were really nice when, when I called and stuff and I went and got pierced in this other studio anyway, but is there any way you can help me out? And maybe sometimes that means pulling it and redoing it. Sometimes that means, you know, upgrading their jewelry to something more appropriate or safe, getting them on the right track with aftercare and you kind of win them over, even though you don't get them the first time around kind of deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you always want to be a professional, even if you're not necessarily yeah. giving the person what they want to hear, you want right. to deliver it in a way where they at least respect your professionalism. Yeah. I, I try, I try a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that's uh, this uh, the same thing. I had a client call the other night. It was like the kind of like 15 minutes before close on a Friday night type situation where they're mm-hmm. obviously calling every place and seeing who's open. And, uh, um, you know, called, asked for the, the price, balked at the price. Oh, are you, are you kidding me? And um, I said, well, you know, we're we're different from, well, I'm used to getting this place, you know, that does however much. And I said, well if you don't mind me explaining a little bit, like we're different, we do things different. You know, I was like each of the skin preps we use is individually packaged, yeah. sterilized. We sterilize everything immediately before use in a statum, which is ready to sterilize hollow instruments like piercing needles, internally thread jewelry. And she just stopped me. She goes, wait, are you saying, are you saying they don't sterilize their stuff there? I was like, I, I was just telling you about my practices. I can't speak to what they do there. I, you know, which I'm, I'm sure they have at least got something, you know, you have to in Oregon. Right. Um, and I, and I was like, I, I can only tell you about my practices and they just kind of laughed and hung up. 
was mm-hmm. like, okay, you know, and that's okay. And, and an interaction like that used to really kind of get to me and I would obsess about it or, you know, and luckily I was never one of those people that like would go to Facebook and rant about it, which is one of the other reasons that, you know, <laughs> one of the many reasons gone from Facebook. Now it's like, it just, it does make me sad even when you're vague booking um, about a client or even if you don't have clients as friends, like, you know, it's like, man, these people pay our bills. These people are the reason that we're here. Sure. They're the yeah. only reason that we're here. Um, if we were just like sitting around piercing ourselves and our friends and we can make a living doing that, there's some of us that probably would. But literally the clients are the reason that we have studios and why we do what we do. So, you know, it's kind of a respect thing. And like I said, it was just the whole like, man, that's kind of sad. Like, I don't like to think that people think like that. And don't get me wrong. Like, I have a client that like gets under my skin from time to time for sure. But it's like. Let's not go on the essentially what you're doing when you're doing something like that on Facebook is like getting a megaphone being like, hey, world, check this out. This client really pissed me off and they are stupid. You know what I mean? And and it goes back to the whole thing you were saying about professionalism. And it's like even if you have those thoughts in your head, maybe like talk to your best friend about it or talk to your partner about or even like maybe a, a trusted other local piercer in your piercer group or something like that. But. And you can kind of have that that arsenic hour and get out of your system or stuff like that. But but honestly, I feel like people are just kind of too quick in the social media age, especially on Facebook, to just blah, yeah, vomit something out there that's, you know, that there's no kind of wall there like, should I or shouldn't I do this? There's no wall there to keep those thoughts from just spouting out and they're just there and then you see them and you're like, uh, is this positively affecting my life or negatively affecting yeah. my life that I'm having to see this stuff all the time, you know? Yeah, try to try to step back, you know, and if you're going to post something online on Facebook, somewhere public, uh, try to think like, if you said this face-to-face with a person, would it get you punched in the mouth, you know? And I, it's <laughs> right. just, or, or, would it, or would it make a client walk out of your store, your store you know? Yeah. So that's what I try to think on, you know, because just like you said, they're the clients that pay our bills, you know, mm-hmm. even if they're frustrating or challenging clients, um, they, they chose your shop to spend their money instead of somebody else's. So, you know, cut them a break. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Facebook is a double-edged sword, I guess, for sure. But, you know, having mm-hmm. stuff like the, the Facebook groups, you know, really shows yes. the, the positive side of it and shows what you can do and how you can be productive with it. So it's it's really yeah, cool that, that things like that exist, you know, and I would I would hope that something like the Oregon piercers group would kind of inspire other, other piercers to, to get together with the piercers in the same town or the same state or the same province or whatever. And just kind of, you know, share as professionals because everybody's going to get better with, with more information. It really, yeah. I mean, and we haven't been doing it that long around here, but it really seems like more and more and more, they seem to be popping up. Like I remember one of the, the last things I remember seeing on Facebook that made me happy. It's like, Oh, Florida piercer group meetup. And there were just so many people there. Yeah. I was like, that's super cool because I remember like not that long ago in Florida, it's like when you would be on like the learning forum and say, oh, hey, I need to send somebody to a reputable piercer in Florida. And there would be like the one, two people that would chime in and be like, oh, sorry, that's like a dead zone. You got to drive like 200 miles kind of situation. Now, right. it's not like that. And not only that, but people are actually getting together and like forming a community. And like I said, hopefully like a network for clients and a network for just like information sharing and to help each other out with our insane jewelry wait times and things like that. Um, and I got to give a quick shout out to actually Becky Dill, uh, Bay area piercers. She kills oh, yeah. it with that. And she totally, totally inspired me. Actually 
one of the very first like actual sit down conversations I ever had with Becky Dill at conference. I was kind of talking a little bit about how like I kind of felt like I was kind of floundering with the Portland group and she really kind of had some really great things to say that inspired me for sure. That's great. Yeah. Becky yeah. is, uh, uh, what's, what's the powerhouse. Get this really, yeah, powerhouse. <laughs> she's a Titan. Now she's, she's like, on the board. Like, yeah. yeah, she's one of the hardest working, uh, sweetest people. And she's not doing it just for personal gain. She's right. doing it for, for everybody. And it's, it's really commendable. Yeah, she's involved with so, so many great things that are really kind of helping out our industry a whole lot. And like you're saying, just kind of like not asking for any any fanfare or any thank yous or anything like that. Like she works with the archive and, you know, is constantly teaching classes. I remember I really liked the class that um, that you and she did on on my uh, piercing young minor or, or, or it's just piercing earlobes or I can't. I, can't remember if it was I earlobes think it was specifically. Piercing young minors, but it was like ninety percent about earlobes. Right, right, right. Yeah, but yeah, I enjoyed that class um, for sure. And you know, it's it's great to see people like that that honestly are so selfless. Because and I've got a lot of respect for you, past, current board members, the people that just give hours and hours and hours weeks, months, years of their life to um, the APP and just the the Pearson community in general that kind of volunteer their time with not not expecting a damn thing back for it just because they know that's the right thing to do. I really appreciate that. Well, you're you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're definitely in that group, man. So, yeah, I, I'm here to pat you on the back and give you a high five because you're doing a great job, man. Well, thanks, but yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna be off the board soon, so now I'm gonna go back to making money. There you go. <laughs> yeah, and actually, yeah, I was uh, because sadly, it was just like this year, I'm I'm staying back and working the shop while my staff goes to conference because I've attended the past five years in a row, and kind of both of my piercers wanted to attend your class at Kellen's shop when I was in the area, so I was like. Uh, I don't really know if I can like deal with the day with both studios being closed because even though. I don't answer those emails at one thirty in the morning. Uh, it just would hurt me so much to have both studios be without a piercer for a, oh, I'm a sure, day, yeah. you know? So I was yeah. like, oh, these guys really want to go. I don't want to tell. Because it's like as a boss, you definitely don't ever want to tell your piercing staff, like, no, I don't think that you get to learn today. I get to learn today. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's so, that's a, a big thing I'm trying to focus on, trying to get yeah. my other piercer Evan out to get some, some good opportunities. Awesome. Yeah, I'm... Uh, well, I'm gonna try and do maybe since I got since I missed that class is maybe catch you in another city that I want to visit and maybe kind sure. of make a weekend out of as sure. maybe my plan. Yeah, I think, definitely. Uh, yeah. I think I've got some loose plans to get to Seattle at some point this year. Oh, that's cool. That would be a short drive for me for sure. Yeah. Seattle. Um, I'm gonna do Dallas, and you cool. can come over to Amsterdam. I'm gonna do something oh. in Amsterdam. I think <laughs> that would be awesome. I do have a passport. <laughs> cool. Um, and I want to say you mentioned possibly Minneapolis at some point. Yeah, yeah, I, I would like to in Minneapolis. That's kind of like very early stages. Like yeah. my my main thing is like trying to figure out what time of year so that I'm not you know getting in the way of of local piercers and I got to find a venue and got to make mm-hmm. sure I have coverage at work and get a flight sure. and blah blah blah. So it just came to mind because that's like on the list of cities I've never been to that I need to visit sure. because my good friend Billy Wood and. Yeah. Little Westies there I'd love to see and hang out with and love to like shadow Derek and everybody at, at St. Sabrina for a day kind of thing. And 
That's really yeah. honestly probably like the main draw for me to go to Minneapolis too, is so I can go and see Saint Sabrina. Yeah, Saint totally. Sabrina. Sorry. Cool. All right. Well, I think this is probably a good place to wind it down. So sounds you know, great. Definitely. Thanks for fitting me into your schedule and chatting with me for a little bit. Oh, hey, thanks for having me on as a you know, long-time listener, first-time guest. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, cool. Well, let's try to meet up in Minneapolis or uh, next time in the Pacific Northwest. Absolutely. You're coming to camp this year, aren't you? Uh, I might not actually be able oh, to no. make it to camp this year <laughs> because going back to my other piercer, Evan, ah. um, I really wanted to bring him to Scotland with me, but it just didn't line up for coverage. So I think I'll probably stay at the shop and work and send him to camp because he, he yeah. just got ma- uh, APP membership like within ah. the last couple of weeks. So I, I think it'd awesome. be a, a really good thing for him to be able awesome. to go there. Yeah, that'd be yeah. great. Well, I'll I'll have to make him feel welcome because it's like 45 minute hour drive from Portland this year. So cool. Yeah, yeah. he'll be the uh, the very nice ginger. So he'll be okay. Nice <laughs> I'll look for him. <laughs> cool. All right, man. Well, thanks for talking to me and have a good day. Yeah, you too. Right, talk to you soon. All right, bye. Bye. All right, thanks for talking to me, Aaron. Always appreciate it. I am going to do a little bit of laundry, a little bit of packing, and then I'm going to power down for the rest of the night. Uh, no more work talk. Hopefully, I'm going to stay off of Facebook. I'm going to eat some food and watch some wrestling. Uh, if you're a body piercer and you're on Facebook, maybe start thinking about kind of doing the same thing. Unplug a little bit. You know, put your phone down at the end of the day. Talk to your partner, play with your pets, uh, eat some food, and just kind of hang out, exercise a little bit. Just do something healthy, and I would not count Facebook as as something healthy uh, at this point in my life. Also, think about maybe some of those uh, boundaries you want to start setting with your, your clients. Keep your eyes peeled on Facebook when you do go on there to the Body Art Education by Ryan Willett Facebook page. That'll have all the information about the Dallas class, the Amsterdam class, anything else that comes down the pipeline. Starting next week, as long as I can get the third interview done and get some of these uh, these things edited, I'm going to start a three-episode series on disabilities in the workplace. And I don't even really like to necessarily use the word disabilities, let's say more impairments. So I'm going to be doing one interview about visual impairment with Brandon Downs. Uh, one interview about auditory impairments with Marie Fowler, and one uh, episode about physical impairments with Eleanor Boyd. So I think that'll be a really good thing to just kind of share a wider perspective on some of the different obstacles people have to kind of work around to be able to offer a safe piercing. So uh, stay tuned over the next couple of weeks. I'll get those edited and I'll get those online for you. And if you have any ideas for anything you want to see on the show, what do you want me talking about? What Who do you want me talking to? Uh, go ahead and send me an email at ryanpba at gmail.com or you can go to piercingwizardpodcast.com, click on the anonymous Google page, and you can submit anything you might like for a subject or a guest. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next week. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved.